Hello. I think it's time to discuss the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. But the problem with having this discussion is that there is so much to discuss. Okay, because it really, in order to understand this, you need a big amount of context. And the lesson, the takeaway lesson to be learned is less about memorizing a ritual and more about understanding where the ritual comes from, why it was designed and the component parts and what they're designed to do. Now there has been a little bit of chat about the lesser brandishing uh, ritual of the pentagram. There's always talk about it all over the internet. It's extremely famous to the point where it's now a kind of buzzword. Many people understand the basic concept of it. In fact, I do believe one of the people in the Witchcraft Live group linked to a video where someone discusses it in um, a fair amount of detail. But generally, like many, uh, misses the point. So what this topic today we're going to be discussing, we are going to talk a little bit about the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, the greater banishing ritual of the hexagram, the middle pillar and the Hermetic order of the golden dawn, as well as ceremonial magic in general, because that's the most important thing to discuss is ceremonial magic when understanding this. So the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, for those that don't already know, is a basic, super simple cleansing slash banishing ritual that comes from a secret society called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn from the Victorian period, okay? So it's about a hundred years or so old. Now, the secret society, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was an elite secret magical society whose primary purpose was to push the boundaries of magic and help the people in the order, say so the members, obtain a position. They essentially, to borrow the phrase of a fairly well-known magical muppet, no, I'm not supposed to say magical muppet, um, what is it that they call them nowadays? Magical YouTube influencer. The primary purpose of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn essentially is to obtain godhood. They seek to become living gods. Not too dissimilar from a lot of magical orders that came before and a lot of people's magical paths. You know, a lot of people try to attempt this. Not such a bad thing to attempt to uh, try. You know, I fully endorse going down that magical journey and seeing how far you get because at the end of the day, it's something that most people aren't really doing. And if it's something that involves a lot of intermediate to advanced magic and really pushing the boundaries of your own abilities, knowledge, all of that, then I'm well up for that. So in terms of the attempt to become a living God, if you should wish to do that, sounds brilliant. Sounds like you've got a really good long-term goal. Now, Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram basically involves walking around in a circle, drawing a bunch of pentagrams in the air, imagining them in your mind's eye, and then walking around to each what I suppose Wiccans would call quarters. So the four parts of a, or four directions of a magic circle. You can find the lesser banishing of the ritual, uh, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram in many is different YouTube videos, many different um, books and all that sort of thing. There is no point in me explaining to you how to do it because you probably already know. And if you don't, simply Googling it will give you loads and loads and loads of examples of how you perform it. Again, I'm not going to make a video or talk about how to do it because it's pointless doing that. Really, the most important thing is to talk about the theory behind it and where it originates, because you'll learn so much more from that, okay? So, one thing to understand, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn 
secret elitist society, i.e. none of you people listening now will probably, or would have, if you were alive back then, would have ever been invited to join, okay? Secret society, yes, they do admit people, it's not like you have to be born into a specific magical lineage or anything like that, like some traditional witchcraft family lines and that sort of thing, but they're not just going to take on any old person, okay? So the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is a Victorian secret society made by middle class to upper class white people, essentially, men and women, who attempt, you know, at the end of the day, if you're in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, you've got a little bit of money, you've got a little bit of time, you are educated, and you have an interest in occultism, okay, and pushing that. You've got a lot of famous members, both famous in the occult community, such as Dion Fortune, obviously not a real name, um, and various other people, but then you also have famous, in general, celebrities of the time. Um, that were also in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. I did a little video talking a little bit about it on the Witchcraft Live Guides section. Um, again, that's, again, not very important. We don't care about that. We're getting into the nitty-gritty of it. Now, I've noticed that a number of people have talked about something um, with regards to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and the Lesser, ba lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. One is that the lesser banishing of the rich, uh, ritual of the pentagram has been repeated multiple times by multiple people and therefore retains a certain amount of power. I'm going to say here and now, if you are using rituals and charms and anything like that that draws its power from being believed in and utilised hundreds upon millions upon millions of bajillions of times, that is weak magic, okay? Weak magic. That is superstition. That is folk magic and superstition. Something that gets pushed energy into numerous times by millions and millions, probably not really millions of people. At this point, it might be, but back in the day when it was being used, it wasn't. That is weak magic, Okay, this is a very fucking small universe. Every human that has ever existed in this universe and will ever exist, assuming they used this greater, uh, sorry, lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram or some folk charm or something like that, there is a finite amount of energy that can be pushed into it. And that might be a very big amount of energy in this universe. But when you are talking about dealing things outside of this universe, this universe ain't a very fucking big one. So the might of this universe and the energies that dwell within this universe, when you attempt to take on things from a bigger universe, and I'm using very simple terms here that are incorrect, but I'm trying to simplify it. And whenever you simplify it, it has to be incorrect because it's an oversimplification, right? Then, and at the end of the day, if you're involving yourself with intermediate magic or advanced magic, then you are going to be dealing with things far bigger than the stuff that dwells in this universe. So, you know, at that point, you're fucking folk charms and that, although some of them might work because of the retained power. I'm not saying that that isn't a thing. I'm just saying that it is weak magic, okay? And I would expect people on a tier two level that are being mentored by us to expand their horizons outside of the scope of that. Okay, summing up, basically, the idea and the concept that the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram retains energy is correct. Anything like charms, sigils, anything like that, that lots of people use and feed into, then there is a little bit of energy that lingers, there is energy that's there, there is things that can be, an energy current that can be tapped into. Most of those utilizing basic ass magic like a little bit of a money spell and using an old money talisman or something like that is probably going to be enough to make what you want happen happen so it could potentially work the point is with something like the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram it is by its very nature and it was designed and always was designed to be a stepping stone a foundational stepping stone that works on multiple levels. This is not just a, 
oh, there's a ghost in the house. I'm going to get my lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram ritual out. And I'm going to start muttering a bunch of Hebrew words and drawing pentagrams in the air in order to get rid of that. Within witchcraft, because witchcraft, essentially, if we're going by the definition of <laughs> folk magic passed on, is fucking pleb magic, right? Most of the people that practice witchcraft, and you look at all of the big authors and all of the big names, it is, oh, I'm going to take this charm that so-and-so and -so uh, started uh, put in a book or so-and-so got hung or burned or dunked under and killed and executed for using. Hashtag Isabel Gowding. Um, I'm going to take all of this magic and I'm going to start recreating it. Blah, 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 blah. This kind of pleb idea of witchcraft is the idea of, I don't really fucking know what I'm doing, but I think this thing has a reputation for working, therefore I'm going to use it and it's going to work. Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram was never designed to be that. It was designed to be a stepping stone. Every single ritual that the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn created was supposed to be a stepping stone. So for the people that think like Disney, that you get a magic book with magic words in and you learn all of the magic words and then you can do magic... That is not how the Hermetic of the Order of the Golden Dawn kind of designed this stuff, okay? Now, the problem is, is that you can take, because it's famous now, you can take rituals like that and you can get it to work, okay? Much like I can get my spirit level and hammer in a nail with it, I can get it to work. I can get it to hammer nails. The problem is it was never fucking designed to hammer nails. And because it's a banishing ritual, a lot of people think that the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram is designed to banish. And in name and in basic principle, it kind of is. But that's really the cherry on the cake and not the actual cake. Okay? The cake is the big part, the important bit. The cherry is a decoration and means that it's pretty and useful because it gives a bit of taste. A nice glass of cherry is nice and sweet when cake, perhaps not necessarily, but the cake's got the calories in. Oh, I think we're sidetracking this. This is very much devolving enough. I'm talking about cherry bakewells. Um, Hermetic or the Golden Dawn? Much like ancient societies, the problem with the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is it takes that ancient approach to teaching. It takes the mystery school approach to teaching. Now, if you want to teach a beginner to become a greatly, awesomely powerful magician or witch or magical practitioner, the likes of which the universe rarely sees, yeah, there are only two ways that that can be done. One, the secret society method, the mystery school method, to take a bunch of people that pass a test, form a curriculum, and take them through that curriculum. Hence, you have initiatory grades. Now, the pros and cons of this is that it is quite formal, okay? People always get an idea of where they're at. However, there's an entrance exam, of course. So you need to be able to pass to get in in the first place, okay? That's a big problem with a lot of that. That's why most people aren't in mystery schools and um, secret societies today is because they are considered to be unworthy and not worth the time of the people in the society. The dregs, as it were, which obviously for those that have followed us for a considerable amount of time, know that we prefer the dregs. That's what we like teaching. We like to teach the tryhards. And we love to teach the people that really, really want something, but 
don't necessarily have the ability or the skill level yet to be noticed by, let's say, the big bad bitches of the world. Um, that's what we prefer. So the primary and main method when you look at ancient uh, the ancient approaches to teaching magic is great institutions, some would call them schools, I would say more like institutions, set up with specific curriculums that are designed to guide people that were worthy and also are capable of operating on that curriculum and taking them further and further and further and progressing them, okay? It isn't too dissimilar from um, I suppose schooling system nowadays it depends where you are, but like in the UK, you have your basic private school, right? You have your basic private school or a comprehensive school or something like that, which caters for the average person to get them to an average level. And then so the hope that they develop further and further and further. Now, if you have a severe learning difficulty, you're probably not going to be best suited for a stereotypically standard school. And this is the method that you have within mystery schools. Mystery schools are designed with curriculums in mind. And the entrance exam is supposed to weed out, and it's not really an exam, but the entry, the initiation, all that sort of thing, is designed to weed out those that are capable of progressing through the ranks of the mystery school, are capable of progressing, essentially. Now, every mystery school, every secret society or ancient one that's dedicated to the progression and teaching of magic has its various specialisms and different types of practitioners based on the culture that they come from. But that is the basic principle there, is that you're taking a small group and progressing that small group like a class, okay? The second approach that works is via apprenticeship, something that you don't often hear nowadays, which is a great magical practitioner passing their knowledge down to a one generally specific person. Now, the reason why it's an apprenticeship and it's one is because it takes a considerable amount of fucking effort teaching someone. And it's up for for the adept magical practitioner. The adept magical practitioner has to decide for themselves who they want to train, okay? Now, even if you have an adept magical practitioner, it's really difficult to take on a bunch of apprentices at the same time. Much like anything with teachers, people require, if you're getting them to a really adept level, they require a considerable amount of effort and need to go through an awful lot. Now, the very nature of the witch or adept is that they are doing big bad magic and when you're doing big bad magic you yourself are doing things that are probably quite fucking difficult now because you're doing things that are quite difficult it may help to have assistance outside okay a doctor has a slightly less qualified from medical perspective nurse okay to assist those are two very different paths but let's go for the stereotype there, yeah? You've got the expert with a considerable amount of knowledge, and then you've got someone else with slightly less knowledge, but are capable of still doing the job and still being of assistance. Now, within the magical community, the kind of apprenticeship model is very much dying out for the simple reason that there aren't a huge amount of the adept magical practitioners, or at least there haven't been for the past thousand years or so. We don't need to go into that. Maybe me and Chris can have a little chat about that for some occult ramblings or a podcast or something at some point. But either way, it isn't really, um, hasn't really been the time. Now, Apprenticeship, again, if you've got an adept magical practitioner doing adept things, they cannot be responsible for looking after three or four fucking apprentices, right? They're going to take, it's going to take a lot of effort to just look after one person who's joining on them on their little quests and the like, let alone two or three, okay? So 
in terms of passing your knowledge on and training other people as an adept magical practitioner, not your fucking first degree Wiccan, we're talking about a proper advanced witch there. You know that there would have to be a considerable amount of effort and that apprentice is going to need to be picked wisely because you are investing so much in that and they have to succeed and they have to get somewhere. Otherwise, what the fuck is the point? Okay. Now, out there in the world, you'll find a number of adepts that just use people. Okay. They just used people and discard them like a COVID mask. Disposable. Yeah. Put it on. Wear it. Check it out. I've met a number of them that will just pick up apprentices, not really interested in teaching them anything other than stuff necessary for them to be useful. And when they stop becoming useful, they just ditch them. More than likely, if I'm honest, they don't tend to ditch them. What happens is the apprentice can't cope and tends to go insane or just dies or something from some experimental work in which the adept can protect themselves from, but the apprentice ends up, well, you know, not being able to cope with that level of work. The apprenticeship model is extremely rare, is extremely common in the form of fake shitty apprentices and masters teaching, very common, in fact, probably more common now than a lot of times in history, thanks to the internet. But in terms of the true adept and getting a true adept to mentor you on a one-to-one -one basis in the form of apprenticeship, not like the type of mentoring that we do, an actual apprenticeship where you follow them about and help them do their work, right? Which is nothing like what we do. Um, then that's extremely rare, okay? So the kind of mystery school idea, the mystery school, the secret society, that kind of thing, there are a number of those around. I'm aware of a number of them that have an infamous reputation. Um, but they don't advertise. You won't find them talked about really on the internet. You know, we're not talking about semi-secret organizations like the Freemasons or anything like that, because we're laying the level we're talking about. We're talking about a lot further up the food chain than that. Um, then the chances are that if you were approached by them, you would know about it. If you're not approached by them, they ain't fucking interested, right? So in terms of these secret societies that is kind of what we're talking about with the hermetic order the golden dawn that method of teaching the method of we will acquire students that we believe are suited for this path of evolution that we've created and we will then train them it's exactly the same as in the ancient world and ancient cults and things like that so what we have there is we have formalized training to a certain extent we also have formalized ranking. Now, ranking isn't so much a case of um, this person's better than that person. It's basically progression in form of evolution, mastered um, abilities. If you're talking about alchemy and alchemical traditions, you're talking about alchemical processes that the person has been to be refined into something better. They're evolving, okay? So, when we look at rituals from the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, we need to understand that that is the principle at play. That is the methodology that they're using. They are creating a curriculum. Now, most of the people that talk about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and its rituals and stuff probably don't fully understand that, nor do they fully understand the rituals themselves. Because... As the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which didn't last for a huge amount of time, crumbled, most of the information was lost. What it essentially has, and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn still exists, I mean it's a shadow of what it used to be, and you could argue that it never really used to be much. I wouldn't say that, I would have said that they were kind of along the right track and there was a lot of cool stuff going on considering the Victorian period and all that sort of thing. Um, and there were fairly decent adept practitioners within the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Did they write it down in a fucking book and release it? No, they didn't. This is where we need to be very, very careful. Much of the teachings of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn were leaked. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn never wanted to be some all-inclusive 
magical school for everyone that wants to study magic. They were an elitist bunch of elite wankers that were happy with doing that, okay? What happened is some people progressed through the ranks and got these various different degrees and learned the various different parts of the curriculum and then later decided to publish this to the masses. If they didn't decide to publish it, then most people would be still unaware of a lot of the rituals and stuff. But the Golden Dawn workings, the basic workings, were released. And who loves that sort of thing? Who loves secret societies, secret magical rituals, and all of that sort of stuff? The fucking armchair magicians, of course. The armchair magicians love that sort of shit. Okay, which they then lap up and try to understand and never really do the fucking practices and so fail to understand. There are many people today that utilize Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn style rituals and incorporate them into their practice and they get success with them. The question is, though, on an individual basis, you would really need to look at whether they're doing it and using that as inspiration are they doing it by tapping into the energy that's built up, like we discussed at the beginning of this? Or are they doing it because they fully understand the stepping stone procedure and are attempting to walk in the footsteps of the people that created the curriculum? Or are they bust armchair magicians that think they know what they're doing and don't have a fucking clue? Or maybe they don't know what they're doing, but do have half a clue, okay? Now, ceremonial magic is the next thing we really need to understand, because it has a bad rap. But there is great things to be learned from ceremonial magic. The problem with the ceremonial magic community is that it's full of ceremonial magicians <laughs> and armchair magicians. When you look at the ancient world, ceremonial magic is rife. It's everywhere, okay? And there is a reason for that. When we look at experimentation and pushing the forefront of science or magic or anything like that, experimentation is incredibly important. Ceremonial magic, the very by its very nature, is attempting to create a structure and formula that is so simple, but adaptable, that you can literally write it down on a piece of paper. So all of this stuff of, I don't like ceremonial magic, I don't like being told to do, you're completely missing the point of ceremonial magic, okay? The point of ceremonial magic is to be able to pinpoint exactly why something works, and all of the component parts. Now, the way that a lot of ceremonial magic is taught, it is learn this ritual, and then we will start to discover and teach you or learn the different component parts of the ritual, what they do, and how they work, so that you then don't need the representations of them, okay, in the ritual, because ritualistic magic, ceremonial magic, is a very often quite pompous, high magic with, you know, lots of tools and all that sort of thing. Do magicians need that? No. Do they learn that and discover things by breaking things down symbolically yes that's what you're dealing with here which is the big difference between ceremonial magic and witchcraft within witchcraft much of what's taught within witchcraft is keep it simple stupid what they do is they say okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna learn and teach you how to ride a bicycle how to maintain that bicycle and how that bicycle works. And then when you understand that bicycle, then what we'll do is we will then learn how you can go about understanding a motorized EV scooter. 
And when you understand that and are used to working with it and maintaining it and riding it and building it, we'll move on to a basic car, which is a lot more complicated than the bike. But then once you've really got down to the nitty gritty of exactly the how the engine works and all the various other gizmos and all sorts of shit that goes on in the car, um, and you can take it apart and you can build and design your own car, then we're going to start to work on bigger things until the point where you're working on some sort of a starship or some crap like that, right? A rocket ship or something that's even more complicated, right? So that is how witchcraft tends to work. It's, it starts off super simple and then works up. The problem is, of course, is that there are super simple things, again, with the ceremonial, uh, with the armchair magicians and all those types of people. Although it may start simple, it may start with rain, rain, go away, come back another day. The people that teach this shit, even though it's so fucking simple, still aren't teaching how to fucking do the simple stuff. The person teaching you how to ride the bike probably can't even ride the bike themselves, let alone teach you how to take the bike apart and build a new one, okay? So this is a problem all over, whether it's witchcraft or ceremonial magic, there's a lot of bad teachers out there. Um, within the ceremonial magic approach, the ceremonial magician take the approach of fuck the bicycle, fuck the EV scooter, we're going to start working on what a 4x4 is, or an SUV, or a big car, how that works. You're not going to understand all of it, but I'm going to give you all of this stuff. I'm going to let you play about with it, and we're going to slowly start working. Instead of building up, I'm dropping you in the deep end, and we're going to swim about in the deep end, but you are going to understand how to fucking swim, okay? Ceremonial magic is, here's a huge, massive, all of the principles at play in this ritual. You are going to break them down logically and start learning them, okay? With witchcraft, it's different. With witchcraft, very much is a case of, what can you currently do? Oh, you can do that, right, we'll expand a little bit further and a little bit further. Oh, you've learned a new one. You've learned a new principle. You've learned a new law of the universe. You've learned a new place that you can visit. You've learned a new ability, blah, blah, blah. With ceremonial magic, is very different. Ceremonial magic is a case of, I'm going to do something big. I'm going to put all of that into the form of a ritual that explains every component part and then I'm going to start to learn what those component parts are and I'm going to experiment and when I get success I'm going to start going backwards reverse engineering and start taking away elements within that ritual physically but they will still be there energetically Okay, so it is a very different approach. It is the main difference between left brain and right brain. If you are of the left brain, I like everything reduced down to formulas and mathematics. Ceremonial magic is perfect for that. Ceremonial magical teachers might not be very good at teaching you, but that is the very basics of what you're doing. You're trying to reduce everything down to the perfect formula. That is what ceremonial magic essentially is all about. Okay, the problems that people tend to also think is they think, okay, so I want to do a money spell or I want a million pounds, but I don't really want to have to get a load of candles and get a magical sword and get all of this and get all of that and then summon up a spirit from an old book and all that. That sounds like a bit of a rigmarole. I want to just do some magical work like witches do and say a bunch of magic words and do that thing. What you need to understand is both of those, whether it be the witchcraft approach of doing a bunch of magical words and then the million pounds manifesting or doing a full on ceremonial magician's ritual, both of those practitioners should be able to make the same thing happen, right? The difference is that the ceremonial magician will start learning all of the big component parts straight away and work on that million pounds doing that ritual 
The difference is the which will take the, I'll get a basic understanding of energy manipulation and I'll start with a pound and then I'll start with two pounds and a three pounds and four pounds and building up the energy that way to the point where they can really start to learn through experience and feeling, okay? A lot of intuition based, a lot of creativity based as opposed to the here it all is on paper learn the parts and then you'll know how to fix the parts or you'll know what the parts do because that's the ceremonial magic route okay so within the lester banishing ritual of the pentagram that is a formulated magical ritual that's designed to be the first steps and the journey that someone's going on will be to reach some level of adepthood via a magical curriculum that they have been accepted into. Therefore, people that do not understand the principles at play with the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram or understand the approach that they're taking in terms of it being a fucking stepping stone will poo-poo the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram looking at it like, I don't want to do this, this is boring, I don't understand it, because they haven't got a clue of what it's supposed to do or how it's supposed to work. I see this time and time again. Now, I don't tend to talk about Hermetica, the Golden Dawn stuff, although I have taught it, but I teach that to ceremonial magicians, people that are gravitating towards that form of magical path. Okay, because it is better suited for them to learn that way. Witches, which I know a lot of us do teach, uh, sorry, a lot of people on the Patreon that will be listening to this are more on a witchcraft path. Witches on a witchcraft path will look at things like Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, and ceremonial magic and think, oh, why am I going through all of that rigmarole? And the reason you're going through that rigmarole is that you've decided to bite that off when it's unsuited to you. If you don't want to take the perspective and the approach of breaking every tiny minute facet of how magic works, okay, and you just want to go more towards intuition and being pulled, the intuition side go down the witchcraft route. If you want that I'm a reductionist scientist, I want everything to be there on paper and I want to be able to explain every tiny fucking detail, then go down the ceremonial magic route because that is the difference between the design of them. Now, the lesson banishing ritual of the pentagram, let's talk a little bit about that and the hexagram. When you initiate into the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, I'm pretty sure this is public knowledge, for the first year, and this is where a lot of the bad reputation comes from, for the first year, very often, the only thing you would be allowed to do for an entire fucking year is do the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram Ritual every day, probably twice a day. Some people do it once a day, normally recommended twice a day every single day for a year and start learning Hebrew, okay? That is your entire curriculum for the first year of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Now, you can look at that and you can think, like we take the piss very much and say, wait a minute, in a year, if you gave us a, someone to mentor, we could take them on such a journey that they'd master all sorts of crazy ass stuff in a year why are you just getting them to do that well you need to remember that secret societies of the ancient world and the modern world are going down not the apprenticeship route but going down the route of this is a curriculum therefore whatever is on that curriculum needs to suit everyone okay Everyone goes through this. Everyone has to pass the trials. And very much, some things are timed. So, for example, they will literally just say, just keep doing this every day for a year, okay, and learn your Hebrew, because you'll need that to get to the next level. Now, 
Her makeup of the Order of the Golden Dawn is primarily Kabbalistic magic. Okay, so primarily their approach is let's understand the structure of the universe and therefore we'll, uh, once we understand it, we'll be able to manipulate it and cause change within the universe at our will. Okay, so they're using Kabbalistic magic. Because they're using Kabbalistic magic, and obviously that's not the only form of magic or the only magical system you can use, there are many others, but because they're using that system that is grounded in Hebrew words and concepts that come from um, Kabbalah and that sort of thing, then the foundation for them is language okay so if i decide that i am going to go and learn japanese i go and learn probably a couple of basic words first to make it feel like i'm learning something right so i learn ohio gazimas which is good morning good day japanese right now if I went to Japan tomorrow, I could use that. And I'm sure that it would be accepted. The Japanese people would smile and think that it was nice that someone is actually attempting to speak their language instead of just ordering everything in English. Um, that's kind of the approach that we're thinking about here. But you're not really learning Japanese if you do that, remember, because you need to learn the language, the syntax, all of the characters and i'll say characters because it isn't like letters is it <laughs> but all of the stuff that goes with learning a completely different language and one not based on the same system that english would be based on or french would be best or for example a completely different language right so with that that's what you're attempting to do with the curriculum from the hermetic order the golden dawn you are attempting to learn a form of really, let's say, Eastern magic, but for the Western brain. The first year of learning Hebrew and all of that sort of thing is because you're trying to get a grasp of the language that the magical system is taught in. Now, is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Again, we need to remember it's a secret society. The curriculum was not dropped from the heavens. Not really, anyway. They had certain, maybe a little bit of an influence from spirits and the like. But primarily, it was constructed by the people that ran the secret society. So, although they're very smart people and probably quite adept magicians, at least one or two of them were, Alistair Crowley may not be, but he didn't really get very far, did he, let's be fair. Um, then you are talking about they are constructing the curriculum in the way they feel it should be taught. Now, I teach Kabbalistic magic. I teach Kabbalistic planetary magic, and I teach it in a way similar to how the Golden Dawn taught it. But I don't like the methodology that they use partly because I'm not a fucking Victorian, I don't speak like a Victorian, I don't hold Victorian values, and I have always really opted for the type of apprentice route. So rather than a formal, timed, okay, go and do X amount of this for X amount of time and then come back to me approach, I'm very much a case of a like quest-based stuff. Go and complete this scorch trial, or die in the process, it's my kind of jam, right? So, is the Hermetic of the Order of the Golden Dawn Letter Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram completely useless? No. It can be useful for those that want to do a basic banishing, but if you want to do a basic banishing and don't fucking understand, um, you know, really the principles at play there, then it's going to be no different than writing your own banishing ritual, okay? It's going to be no different than that. If you're wanting to start to connect your energy centers together and start to build your psychic development and quite literally and figuratively pull yourself together by 
binding with and opening up channels to other aspects of yourself, then the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram has a place for the simple reason that that is partly what it was fucking designed to do. Okay? So, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Secret Society Curriculum. If you want to go down that route and complete that curriculum, go ahead. If you don't, don't do the fucking Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. Okay? One would probably suggest that you don't even bother going and attempting to go down the curriculum, given the fact that the secret society, well, who's going to fucking teach you? Is the Equetan going to teach you? Probably not. There are a couple of people out there that claim to be able to teach the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn system of magic, and when I've seen them, they've taught parts of the system. Do I know for a fact that they don't know the system and don't teach it? I do not know that for a fact. I know some people come close to, to putting that system back to how it used to be taught um, and have adapted it. However, these are people that do all of that in secret. So will you find it on the internet? No, probably not. So think about the takeaway from this is... Why are you interested in the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram? Do you want a cleansing ritual or a cleansing or a banishing ritual? If the answer is yes, don't use the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. Design your own. If the answer is, I don't know, Liam, then please hit me up for a more in-depth one-to-one conversation. Okay. If you're wanting to learn and go through the curriculum of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, then strictly speaking, don't come to me because I'm not an initiate. I wasn't even born then, right? I'm not Victorian. If you want to learn ceremonial magic and you're attempting to pull together various different forms of ceremonial magic to try and fill in the blanks, then hats off to you. That is the way many people learn. Will you be able to do it? Well, the odds are stacked against you with the sheer amount of misinformation out there and the sheer amount of stuff that is missing from the practice and misunderstood by the teachers that are teaching it. I'd say that good luck, you'll need it. Um, with regards to the basic stepping stone methodology, what it goes is it basically goes Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. Middle Pillar. Greater Banishing of the Hexagram. Supreme Banishing. In that order. Some people will say Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram. And then the Hexagram. And then the Middle Pillar. The supreme one is the one that everyone's interested in because I don't think the books talk about it. It's the next step, which don't think got included in any of the material, but there we go. Now, the point is that there are stepping stones. Learning your ABCs does not mean you can speak English. Learning a Johnny Phonics does not mean you can speak English. Learning a couple of words... Mm, does that mean you can speak English? Mm, mm. Debate, really. That one's open to debate. Maybe you can speak a bit of English, but can you speak English? Mm. What point do you be able to learn and speak English fluently? Okay. Because I'm English and my English is pretty shit. And then there's whole dialects as well. What are you expected? If you are in English, are you in if you are fluent in English, what does that actually mean that you can do? With regards to thinking about the stepping stones for learning languages, and then you apply that to the Hermetic of the Golden Dawn teachings and where the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram, greater banishing ritual, the hexagram, and middle pillar, and all that shit comes in, is what are those? Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram is basically 
you're learning A, B, C. And I don't mean A to Z, I mean A, B, C. You're not learning all the letters, you're learning a basic little bit that gets you in the idea of things necessary to progress. Um, so if I basically explain, Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, primary purpose is to get you in the process of understanding that you are doing as above so below principles doing what happens here it gets mirrored in the astral world it's starting to get you used to sensing energy it gets you to measure your energy sensitivity over time because if you're doing it over a year that is not going to be the same it may be repetitive but by the beginning of the year compared to the end of the year you'll be able to sense channel and do all sorts of extra things that isn't in the ritual that the ritual doesn't really talk about that have just kind of popped up almost because they've been attracted to the very specific energy that you're putting out there like a fucking lighthouse and are attracted to it which the ritual doesn't talk about but there we go so psychology psychologically lesser banishing ritual the pentagram prepares you for that cabalistic path that the hermetic order of the golden dawn created it prepares you psychologically, it prepares you physically, it prepares you energetically. It does all of these things. The thing that it doesn't really do very well is protect you against shit. It offers a little bit of protection, but it's often confused as being a protective ritual when that is not its primary purpose. Okay. Greater banishing ritual than the hexagram does the same. It's just with bigger, badder energies that are outside of the scope of what most people are used to dealing with. The seven great mysteries. All mastery of the greater banishing ritual of the hexagram is essentially mastery of all of the underlying energies that exist in this realm. The if this realm is a house of cards, is understanding all of those fucking cards, you know? And yet that is hidden in a ritual, right? That looks like a banishing, but it's not. It's only called a banishing because it gets you to identify what should be there and get rid of what should not be there. Alchemy. And then you've got the middle pillar thing, which is basically a system of getting you to connect and reintegrate yourself with other aspects of yourself in a slow way. This is its root level alchemical, so alchemy. You are the lead being turned into gold. A lot of occultists bang on about this sort of thing. They're right about that stuff. But all of these things you need to remember are like the basic rituals that you do when you're on that path but much like a witch's notebook there ain't really any of the big secrets in the witch's notebook the big secrets are in the witch's brain what's in the witch's notebook is a specific herb or notes that no one's really going to understand and this is a lot like the rituals that you're talking about the rituals you're talking about you might look at them and think i understand what's going on there but actually it is a quest disguised as a ritual. All of these people that say, I can't sense energy. All these people that say, I've never spoken to a spirit. All these people that say, I don't understand how evocation works. All of these people that say, I don't understand how all of this spell casting works and stuff. If you can do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, the greater banishing ritual of the hexagram and the middle pillar, you'll be able to do all of those things. But they're just free, simple rituals. How is that? Well, it's because they are but little tiny stepping stones designed to teach you other things. And this is the problem with magical curriculums. Magical curriculums ain't all written down. If you go and get one of those GCSE books or A-level revision books, the curriculum's in the book. You read through it all, okay? And it's all there. With magic, that's not the case. Everything's hidden. 
and the key to the door is the thing that is written but you must step through it and beyond it hieroglyphics and symbols and all that sort of thing are exactly the same look in a tomb or look at some form of hieroglyphics or script or something like that you in the western mind think i will read it like a book when the reading of the book you're not reading the book here you're looking at the cover and reading the cover remember all of these things are designed to be opened because if you look in a library and read all the covers you haven't read all the fucking books what you've done is you've read all the color covers which indicate a little bit about what's in the book okay hieroglyphics sigils are uh, not sigils although some sigils i suppose if they're designed that way um symbols all of these sorts of things are covers of books rituals within real schools of mystery school traditions are covers of books designed to be opened and delved into okay that's the problem i don't know how long i've rambled or whether any of this has made sense but i respect what the hermetic order of the golden dawn attempted to do i think it's a great shame that someone released the information for the simple reason that if the information was not released to the masses the real information would have been so much easier to get because the only way to get it would have been to uh well maybe conjure up a few people that were members and get it that way or spirits that were sworn their allegiance to said hermetic order of the golden dawn and various other things unfortunately whenever books are printed things get watered down so the fact that information was printed means that people have too much to go on and when people have too much to go on they don't realize what they're trying to lock on to okay less is more there's a reason why so many old grimoires and great old traditions that were written down are extremely simple and there isn't a lot to go on is because they are covers of books all these people that write in depth books on witchcraft magic and the like are trying to give so much away that they really fail to teach anyone anything a lot of the time and ones that try to explain it very often only explain bad habits or potentially the wrong ways of doing things at some occasions a lot of the times is bad habits that if you had less to go on you wouldn't make those bad habits but there we go i suppose it's one of those things in there so yes anyone that would like to venture down the path of ceremonial magic then please speak to me and maybe we can incorporate that into your practice but ceremonial magic is for the person with the brain that wants to understand the formulation the physics the how does it all work i want a schematic diagram of how the universe works yeah that's why occultism often goes hand in hand with ceremonial magic because when you're trying to make something work for the first time if you break that thing down and understand all of the component parts and can label them like you can in a ceremony or a ritual and keep an eye on them when something's not working you can look at the part that's not working and say i know what's not working with witchcraft much of the way that that's taught you can so for the people that say why did my spell work it didn't work i really hope this one works this time oh it just don't seem to work that's because they're not breaking it all down in a structured way the ceremonial magician and the one great strength that approach has is that they can see every component part of the, their spell and what it's supposed to do it's like being in a car and hearing a rattle or the engine misfire you can hear what's wrong with the ceremonial stuff you can see what's wrong the one thing to take away is that when you know all of the component parts you don't need to use the sword the dagger and all of the other things they're just there for teaching okay they're symbols they don't really need to be present 
the energies they represent do, but then the energies need to be represented in witchcraft. The only difference is that most witches tend to do things intuitively, which is one of the reasons why witchcraft mentors are so shit, because, and psychics particularly, is because if you do everything via intuition, like you move your arm, how the fuck are you supposed to teach someone else how to move their arm? Witches tend to do things via apprenticeship, which is physiotherapy, which is watch me do it, help me do it. Oh, look, you're doing it, right? Ceremonial magic, very much the opposite. Many great occultists mess about with both, of course. But there we go. I've rambled for a little over an hour now, so I think it's, that's enough. Um, I don't think I've given too much away, though, so good, good. Right, see you in another week then.